Oh fuck! Oh fuck! I gotta get out of here. Oh, oh come, on, come on! Okay, come, come on! Oh, oh Jesus! The door! The door! Is this? The door! It's too. It's just too much. <laughs> All right. It is. Damn those those fucking geriatrics can dance. This has been going on for over a month, dude. This is the longest. <laughs> I, listen, is, listen. He's turning a hundred, Thompson, and like that, that's a pretty big deal. He and turned a hundred in May. Yeah, we're still here. Like I, I'm not gonna say no to coming to Hank's Centennial, all right? Like it, it's a big deal. I want to be here, there for him. He's been there for us, and he was there for Cambodia. So I don't know about this family tradition about when they turn a hundred, you have to kiss their enja. I don't even know what an enja is. But I, I don't think it's good. I don't worry about it too much. I think I, we, 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 we might want to be a bit quiet. Like I, I doubt this is like the first time. I, I don't think it's that uncommon for two men to go into a bathroom stall at one of Hank's birthday parties. But hold on, wait, wait. Let me just check. I was just ah, oh, no, not there, not there. Okay, last time I was in here with someone, David Attenborough started narrating. And the glory holes make it really, really convenient to see if there's anyone in the the. Adjacent stalls. It's really yeah, nice. but I, I don't want David Attenborough to start narrating like he does. Uh, we're all set up in here now. I was able to uh, carry all the recording, the broadcast equipment, and a backpack. And it's only really just now that we've been able to break away from the festivities uh, to uh, give it listeners some context. Uh, we are at the 100th birthday party. Of friend of the show Henry Kissinger, or as us friends of the man like to call him, Kissy Hank. Yeah, it, it's he. He would have got canceled long ago. Let me just tell you that much. Listen, if there's anyone that is immune to cancellation, it is Henry Kissinger. I mean, th- that's that's real politic. They say. Um, I think. It's interesting how many of the uh, white staff are actually Vietnamese and how many of them are dressed as Ronald Reagan. I, I think there might be... Uh, and there's, there's overlap there, too. True. I mean, power is the greatest aphrodisiac and Agent Orange is the best barbecue sauce. Yeah, it's, it's like, I like what it is. Which, it may, which, considering that, like, some of the barbecue, I'm pretty sure, uses that, it is incredible that this man is still alive. Um, I mean... Uh, we, we've tried to ask him about what artifacts he has going on in the past, and he's he's always been very coy. Uh, but um, I don't know we we've seen him look. He he always like has to go off for a little bit at the stroke of midnight. I've noticed, so I suspect that has something to do with it. And he always comes back smelling of lavender. Oh, okay. I I what we need to do is we need to find the mystic to his skexis. Uh-huh. Mm. And then we have, I'm not sure who the mystic is, but maybe it's Jimmy Carter. I think they're the wrong age, though. Who could it be? Who was born? Who was born on May 27th, 1928? Uh, wait, no, not 1928, 1923, brother. Jesus Christ. What year is it? I, I figure most of them are dead. Uh, all, or, 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 not or, all of them or, are dead. Or kept in suspended animation by Henry Kissinger. Okay. You probably just have the fucked in the proxies. Probably. Probably. That's I mean, probably after... part of it. I know, when you live when, when you live this long and are this connected, you usually have a couple uh, redundancy measures set up. 
one way or another. I wonder if he's. What if he could like, considering he is so, like, into the geopolitics, and we've we've discussed uh, geopolitical magic before in some in certain instances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if it's possible to make a whole country your proxy. Is there a proxy? Is there say some like starving country out there which is slowly declining, uh, having a bad time? Is Somalia his proxy? I wouldn't put it past him. Moldova. I'm going to go with Moldova. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, or maybe he jumps between proxies and like then, then the country collapses. Um, and then he, like, so when he was younger, he chose Czechoslovakia and it collapsed and chose the Soviet Union. Mm, he proxies yeah, the Soviet it, Union to bring it down. That's saying, when, when you tie your continued existence to something as fluid as Eastern European borders, you're, you're kind of asking for trouble, I think. That's true. That's true. I don't know. His, his mysteries remain a mystery to us. Uh, well, so, the the reason that we wanted to broadcast, uh, other than to send an SOS, please, like, we, we've been here for over a month. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if anyone listening can actually extricate us from Kissinger Manor, but uh, I would appreciate the attempts regardless. And... If you die in the process, then do know that you will be mourned live and on air during whichever broadcast we happen to make after the story of your death gets leaked to the media. Please, please save us from Henry Kissinger's island. It, it's worse. <laughs> it's, it's even worse. You think Little St. James is bad. Get ready for Large St. James. Oh, no. Uh, anyway, well, well, my suspicions about the Wade staff being dressed as Ronald Reagan and Richard, Richard Nixon and all that, mm. and all being Vietnamese and Cambodians, is there might be a, a, some sort of a, some shenanigans going on here. Because, oh, uh, of course, of course. What, when someone like Henry Kissinger, someone who is like quite recognizable, even like in his look, uh, if you, put, you can put on a Henry Kissinger outfit. And, uh, he just like, came out with a new book not too long ago. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, about, uh, written with one of the Google founders, and it's about AI. Wonderful. Wonderful. Fucking <laughs> um, <laughs> really. Like, uh, yes. Um, the dangers of artificial intelligence as written by an extremely dangerous organic intelligence. Yes. I mean, to be uh, fair, I think if anyone on this earth qualifies, well, I'm not sure how much. How much of him is, like, artificial versus organic at this point? Uh, it's a good point. Uh, it depends on how, he might have some clockwork. Uh, admittedly, I'm probably just making a cheap shot because he's old. Um, I, I don't That's know true. if he has, like, a pacemaker or anything like that. Well, look, it's not our fault he got old. That's just time. I, you know, like, with all the people he's killed, he definitely had a chance to do some sort of blood sacrifice ritual during that time. Just, you know, skimming off the top, even, right? Just, yeah, sure. Just <laughs> only a little bit. Like, uh, I'll just put a rune on this particular uh, napalm bomb. Just, you know, yeah. every, every every 13th napalm, napalm bomb, he puts a little bit, little uh, sigil on it. That's it. That'll do. Yeah. That'll do. So I, I agree that there's some shenanigans there, and I don't, like we we've been discussing this a bit uh, while looking for exits, and Arcanomancy's been on our mind, if only because of all the famous people we've been seeing. Yes, exactly, because like when you're at a party which is filled with people who are extremely old, and like, and I'm not I'm not talking like 
just 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 older people. I'm talking. These are Kissinger party goers. We've got yes. We've got the grand elders here. It, it's very they're very 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 fucking old. The and there are enough people here who are recognizable enough, at least in their heyday, that they might become icons. Ooh, icons. Yeah. And um. And like that, that's really like the the main thing, uh, stopping people right is uh, just the, the whole death thing that that causes some issues, and I won't be surprised if that's sort of uh, responsible for at least a little bit of the harassment you see um, public figures getting, and the hope uh, you know you have a few iconomancers in there and like uh, I hope this suicide baiting I do actually gets them to kill themselves this time. Oh, yeah, going after people like uh, Britney Spears and such. Um, I had an NPC. Yeah, yeah exactly. Had that, uh, that, that motivation. I want to be the first like, kind of answer of Britney Spears. I, what comes to mind... Actually, no, I'll get into this a bit later, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, Britney, someone's suicide's baiting their obsession into ho- hopefully getting the opportunity to become an iconomancer of them. is eh, that's, that's a pretty classic... Adept style scheme, I'd say. It, it, it's adept style. It's the it's what an adept does instead of killing someone and wearing their skin. Like it, it's the more abstract version of that, where you drive them to suicide or you murder them, and then sure. you wear their um, social skin, their like uh, profile, uh, descriptive outward appearance that everyone can recognize. We can discuss well, since we're like huddled in this toilet. Um, and we yes. put our, as as Around we do, we, we always carry our podcasting equipment everywhere we go. Um, so let's discuss economancy. I agree. The magic of idols. The magic of modern idols, specifically. So, kind of what economancy is is it's an adept. I want to say it's even an adept school. It's a type of adept. It's kind of being classified as an adept school even though it doesn't necessarily work you know against charges and whatnot but it doesn't um, each kind of iconomancer has a different suite of spells and whatnot they they all have the same charting structure yeah which is um you know basically you somehow dedicate yourself to a dead celebrity of some sort Usually fairly recently dead. You know, I, I can't say I've heard of any Iconomancers for like Henry VIII. Though I'm sure they exist. At, at one point in history, they might have. Hmm? Well, th- there's, there's, a, there's a set time limit, I believe. It's like the person has to have died within the last 100 years, I believe. Or 50 years. That, should, that, that would make some sort of sense. Yeah, uh, because there is a sort of... My sort of idea on that is that an, uh, the difference between like an icon and an avatar mask is really comes down to how many people are still around who saw them in the flesh as a human being. That's reasonable. To someone who's deified, fully deified, and only known. Yeah, but you know, so much so much of this is tied into television and film that I don't think you need to be seen in the flesh necessarily. That's true. You need to have been seen. But this is what stops them from becoming... Well, they, that doesn't stop them, but it's... There, there's something different about Iconomancy versus your standard, like, I am channeling an avatar through a particular historical figure's mask, which yes. you also see. Yes. 
And I think that is like time and the number of people. It's not super uncommon for our commentators, from my understanding, to be what we call moonlighters, people that are both adepts and avatars. That's true. That's true. But there are like a lot of avatars who sort of look down on Iconomancers in particular. Well, there is that sort of attitude yeah. among certain avatars that, uh, well, there's a whole thing. I know a lot of the adepts that look down on Iconomancers because it's kind of, oh, kind sure. of not really considered a real adept school. Is, do we even know what the major for our Iconomancy is? Look, if there's anyone talking about real adept school, you can just dismiss them. It's like someone saying this is not real music. They can just be like dismissed out of hand. Um, yeah, if it works, it works. Exactly. Oh no, the main, now I remember, yeah, the major charges you get, um, you have to be present at the death of someone who becomes an icon, which is kind of yeah. weird. So you have to, you have to kill your obsession. Well, that's, that, that explains why there's all these, um, uh, Vietnamese dressed as Robert Reagan running around. They might be trying to kill Kissinger so they can channel him. There you go. Sure. I see how I the one that makes a bit more sense to me would be to be the first person to channel an iconomancer charge to get an iconomancer charge from a given individual. But it's 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 helpful to know they're dead. Yes, with like you know you still have that very good plot hook of iconomancer assassin, right? Like I think that's like kind yeah. of the intended use case there. Yeah, but sure. I think it makes more sense. It's like, okay, the first time you channel a... The, the first time an Arcanomancer gets a, uh, gets a charge from a given dead celebrity, they, that is a major charge. That creates a very interesting dynamic if you have a situation where, where say, for example, someone tries to kill the president or kills to kill a celebrity and yeah. they've been arrested and they're in prison. Yeah. And the celebrity or the president or whoever is in intensive care and they don't know if he's going to survive or not or she's going to survive or not. And there's that sort of like, fuck, we need to make sure that they don't die because as soon as they die, that Iconomancer in the clink is going to get his major and yeah. use that major to do something nefarious. That creates an interesting like ticking clock scenario how iconomancers generally work is it's not like that they're just some looking for dead celebrities to get obsessed with they're they just get obsessed with a celebrity who might be dead they might not yeah true true like how do we know there's not going to be one single way where an iconomancer major would come from would be like someone that already has a shrine to fucking, I don't know, Morrissey or something in their closet somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And when Morrissey dies, then the next time they give an offering to the, his shrine, they get a major charge, and they become his first iconomancer. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Maybe. And that becomes the major. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, when it comes to, like, how iconomancers are made, I think it comes down to individual obsession. There's going to be as various. Yeah. Like some are going to be, like, obsessed with some people will come to the Iconom to Iconomancy through people who are already dead because they're obsessed with them for whatever reason. It's just not as... Usually when people are obsessed with dead celebrities, they're less of a danger to said celebrity than people obsessed with living celebrities. But they're out there. It's true. Though, oh. so, you know, their families can often get caught in the crossfire there. That is true. That is true. To get back to what I was talking about, um, a lot of avatars look at adeptry as a kind of stolen valor or at least cheating on love some level 
Um, yeah. This comes yeah. down to the uh, the nightclub fable. Um, the idea of there's a cool nightclub where everyone's having a great time and you can't get in, so you say, fuck you, I'm going to start my own nightclub with Klezmer music. That was in book two, I believe. I don't know if it was in, book, in uh, the third edition. Not book two, I'm sorry, uh, second edition. So there is the concept that adept schools are parasitical of the invisible clergy in a way. They're hacking into the system in a way. So avatars yeah, of a thief yeah. might look at kleptomancers as being... Like, they are both jealous because adepts have interesting powers that av- avatars don't have, but also there is a bit of snootiness from some avatars. And this is especially towards Iconomancers because instead of following a sublime, transcendent archetype of the human condition, they're following an individual, or like aping an individual with um, their particular style, their outward um, persona, which is often not the necessarily the true persona of the person, or they have multiple personas. Um, and that's why a lot of avatars are just like, these guys are bullshit. When you think about it, it makes some sense. But... Yeah, but not everyone that... I don't think that every icon is necessarily representative of an archetype. That's it. That's it. That's the thing, because... They're not. Um, sometimes they are. Uh, but the problem is when you have a the difference when you have masks of like avatars. They're usually historic. If they're historical figures, they're usually a bit further back in time. They're a bit further removed from the human condition. And this is my theory on why icons have to be relatively close in history because there's enough people who still who know who knew them when they're alive. There's enough. There's enough. In, within the un, the uh, collective unconsciousness, there's enough of a portion of that consciousness who's who's thinking, "Fuck, I know that guy. He wasn't so great." Um, which, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is just like you know, I'm, I'm we we compiled a bit of a list of uh, iconomancer icons um, sure. from various sources, some that we came yep. up with, and I'm looking down these lists that we got right, mm-hmm. and you know, I think all of these could be construed as some sort of avatar. Some sort of archetype. So there's yes. always going to be those guys that are like, oh no, Iconomancers are just shitty avatars that are uh, basically just drawing power from guys that weren't even Godwalkers, just really prominent manifestation masks of, yeah. or a mask of a particular avatar. Though, you know, like someone like Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs isn't a, fun, wasn't, isn't a mask of the merchant or the demagogue or who the fuck ever. You know, there's people that argue he was channeling that, channeling one of those, but he, he's not a mask. Those are more like mythological or very like high historical figures, right? Like mm, one yeah. could probably argue that Caesar is like a mask of the true king or something, yeah, absolutely. right? Absolutely, but to, but I don't think he would have been a mask of the true king within fifty years of him dying, because there would be enough people with no. big opinions on him one way or the other. No, this is after someone has become both so prominent that history remembers them hundreds of years later, but also that the history is so distant that yeah. they've been thoroughly fictionalized. Sure. Um, there's a, there's the concept of the frivolous now in art and in media where it's sometimes like uh, to be avoided to use too much references to things that are happening right at this moment unless you're South Park or whatever that's fine that's the point of it but like if you are 
if you try to lean too much into what's happening and what seems important at any single moment in history, um, it's easy to end up looking silly within five or ten years. Um, yeah. Whereas if yeah. you if you that's why there's so much like nostalgia bait because like if anything's old enough, if something's in the eighties, that's already sort of like sealed in time and the amber of the abyss of the beyond years. So it doesn't matter. You can like mess with that, the slang or the style or whatever. I, I don't think you can make a hard rule for it. Like, I don't know. Someone that comes to mind is like being both a mask and a historical example, just because of how quickly the sort of pop culture view of that figure was shifted from like the historical view of that figure, the opinion people had of them at the time, would be like MLK Jr., right? Sure. During the, like, MLK Jr., nowadays, very much like Mask of the Peacemaker. Yeah. But in his time, you'd probably have a lot more people arguing, oh, he's an avatar of the Firebrand. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't think it's like, a, I don't think it's a distance of time. I think it's just kind of how the collective unconscious happens to process a given individual's death and effect on history. What about um, another example of a similar effect would be Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile as a liar sure. would have been a very different avatar than, yes. than yes. what happened afterwards. <laughs> like what, to what go was revealed. Totally fucking opposite direction, yes. Yes. These are two examples. They prove each other because like, they, it's, it's like, yeah, someone's, uh, what they are perceived as after they're dead. Like who was it? Some Greek philosopher said, don't judge no man until he's dead. Um, it's like that. Like, what, once you're dead. What was Jim Will Fix It era Saville channeling? I'd like, what, was that just like the fucking necessary servant? Sub the uh, I'm the avatar of the children's entertainer. Um, no, <laughs> that's not good. But it, 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 it just shows a process that happens that when something, uh, when a person, when a, a historical personage gets further and further away into the mists of time and becomes more and more mythology, yeah. then, they, then they enter the realm of avatars because they lose their, like, there will be, like, uh, historians who'll go over the, the first, the, 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 the materials, um, and like paint a picture of the person of like this is what Julius Caesar was really like, but it's not the point because they're a they're a symbol. People think about Julius Caesar with, as wearing the the laurel wreath and like the the look of him and what he represented. Yeah, the big awkwardly nose, the ball, the laurel wreath, the whole nine yards, the whole wenny witty witchy of it, um, as opposed yeah. to you know him as a person. And I think that happens with people who die now, uh, people who are not considered, maybe not considered that important, or too, considered too human or too idiosyncratic to become an avatar. It probably happens a lot more quickly now, of anything, because... Maybe, maybe. I just maybe culture's maybe a lot faster. Perhaps, like, perhaps. I don't know how long it took for sort of the pop culture understanding of Caesar to assert itself. I mean, I'd imagine, like... The root us, of kind of the modern Shakes- understanding of Caesar's in Shakespeare, right? Yeah, that's but it. But I'm yeah. not sure if Shakespeare's under like Shakespeare's take on that character was something that he invented himself or existed before the Bard did. You know? Well, I've, well, you're gonna be looking at like um, 
like medieval conceptions of the classics and, and classical figures. Sure, but like Shakespeare's take on him might have been revisionist, you know, like that that still exists. Sure. Even back then. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But already by that stage he was a figure, a mythological a mythological yeah. figure, a deified figure, rather than a guy so much. Yeah. Rather than than a human. He was fucking Caesar. They yeah. the Tsar was named after Caesar. The Kaiser was named after Caesar. But he was deified pretty like literally pretty quickly after he died. Yeah, as soon as like they wiped the wiped the knives clean, they were like, "Well, he was a god." Um, <laughs> hilarious. Well, actually, that's an interesting point because I think that one of the reasons that in uh, the Economancy write up in Post One and Magic, it talks about um, the history in China of de- deifying individuals. Um, yeah, yeah. De- deification in other cultures it was common throughout cultures around the world. Uh, ancient like the Egypt, Greece, Rome, India. But I think in many cases, they were able, uh, and this is talking about the occult mainstream now, like priesthoods and such. Yeah, you can make an argument that stuff, that figures like saints are fill a pretty similar role in Christianity. Sure. Or at least Catholic I, I, Christianity. Well, that's the thing. Like, if, if, if every Egyptian pharaoh is a representation of Osiris then no individual pharaoh is going to become necessarily an icon because they're all just Osiris, which is, becomes linked to an avatar. Yeah, sure. But it's a bit different when, like, okay, this is the first time this public figure has been deified in this particular fashion, which is, in the case of Caesar, what happened. It's not... Sure. And, you know, that, sure. that ties in with, like, the whole shift from republic to empire and whatnot. Yeah. It's interesting how they did it in, like, uh, in India, for example. Um... You're more likely to be an avatar, not in an avatar in um, the Anunnaki sense, but in the Hindu sense of being uh, yeah, yeah. part of... But that was a different, a whole different... Pretty sure game. that's where the term comes from, in fact. I'm pretty sure avatar is, is a... It is. But there's a difference there because that's like top a top-down approach as opposed to the Anunnaki's like bottom-up approach because that's part of like Shiva is a part of Shiva is coming down and manifesting as a particular guru or leader as opposed to a human being going through an apotheosis and becoming a member of the invisible clergy it's it's the reverse well I mean no every as we both know every member of the invisible clergy is just another aspect of Shiva my dude uh, well, okay. Oh shit! All right. Are we fair enough? You've been, to- you've been talking. You've been on- you've been on the Mac attacks India boards again, haven't you? They, they they make some convincing arguments. That's true. That's true. I um I, I think their ideas on semen retention. I think there's something. I think there's something. You are always about. you're always about the semen retention. Um, name one good place for semen to be other than inside your balls. That's that's fair enough. Um. That, that there was such a, one good thing that semen should be done with semen other than retaining it. That's such a good opening there, folks. You see, I rose above it. Um, I rose above that clear opening. I, I'm not even throwing you softballs. I'm setting up a tee for you to swing at right here. And you're like, nope, I'm not going to take it. Um, someone walks in on you. You say that like I didn't know exactly what the fuck I was doing. Two men huddled together in a bathroom with one saying, like, is there, tell me one better place for semen than in your balls. Um, <laughs> well, um, 
Not while we're recording, Frank, you know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, we know the answer is the other guy's balls, obviously. That's a whole process. Um, anyway, um... Where were we? Where were we? I got distracted by your semen retention. Yeah, no, the, the, the invisible clergy and... The difference is between how, like, the concept of avatars as exists in the occult underground and as Hinduism. exists in, like, Hinduism differs markedly. Because, like, well, it, it was one of those words that has been used in different concepts. It's, it's, like, it's like anything. It's like lots of religious terms. I, I, I don't doubt that, like, the occult underground took the idea, that word from Hinduism... During that first big wave of like Eastern mysticism oh. mixing with oh, Western yeah, occultism that you saw with like Blavatsky and shit. Blame Blavatsky. Um, I will, and I regularly do. Hey, like, it's, it's no different really from like people using the word angel and it means lots of different things or what it actually means. Um, or, well, a demon is the fucking king of that, buddy. Oh, yeah, sure. Demon, demon in. Um, the Anunnaki's correct uh, universe, which we were in, uh, very different from concepts of demons that exist around the world. But that's 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 fine. Well, um, and each of those are kind of their own discrete concepts with their own discrete abilities and cosmologies that have, to varying degrees, influence each other. But you know, everywhere basically has some sort of concept of a fucked up spirit. That's true. That is true. That's the thing. Like, um, if the occult underground had been more influenced by China. Um, rather than the West, then we might just say what they really are, which is fucked up evil ghosts, because the Chinese yes. folklore had plenty of fucked up evil ghosts to work with. I mean, they are more, they are closer to, like, your concept of a hungry ghost than they yeah. are to, like, Christian demons. Yes, yes, you can say that, yeah. Uh, get Buddhist with it. You, you, that's kind of how, how things go when you have a bunch of different cultures that get things partly right over the course of hundreds if not thousands of years I think that with when it, when it comes down to like using the example of um, deification in Chinese folklore it comes down to the treatment of uh, apotheosis and becoming immortal within Taoism uh, particularly folk Taoism and like particular like individual generals individual figures becoming door gods becoming like put in shrines and things like that um that is the sort of inspiration maybe behind the where um the adept school of economancy came from because in other cultures like as you mentioned the saints but saints were the occult mainstream or religion's way of funneling power or like symbolic power away from adeptry perhaps um or the the, the threat of sorcery a lot of adeptry very much either has a direct degree of continuity with old forms of worship, you know, like stuff like herpomancy, yeah. or is very consciously a postmodern take on those same sorts of things. However much you want to debate on how much world religion is rooted in avatar cults that then, you know, diverge and spread and change throughout history. You, 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 it's it's not hard to argue that Christianity started as an avatar cult of a particular godwalker of the martyr, right? Like that's that's very that's easy to argue. Very um, easy, too easy, in fact. Yes, I agree. It's 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 kind of. Oh, oh, oh. it, I've seen so many wacky ups on the fucking mailing lists over the years 
argue that that's a fucking cliche for like a pony to be like, wait, what if Jesus was an avatar of the martyr? But when in fact, it was St. Paul who was an avatar of the salesman. That's right. That's yeah, there you go. There you go. The Henry Dean Stanton uh, take on Paul. <laughs> exactly. What kind of makes iconomancy differ from your usual avatar worship is that aspect, the creation of celebrity, I'd say. Sure. Because, like, I think there is an argument to be made for, like, okay, iconomancy is just sort of taking power from people who were channel who are on long avatar paths who didn't necessarily hit Godwalker status, right? Well, you don't necessarily... To be a mask of an avatar, that dead person doesn't have to have necessarily been on that avatar path at all. They just also, yes, as we were talking about earlier. Yes, that's also true. That's also very much true. Because I think there's an argument to be made of like... That first major charge might not come until decades after their death when really public opinion of that figure has had time to shape them into a more simple character. It, it's presented in Post Modern Magic as um, be present at the death of an individual who would later, at the GM yeah. slash Destiny's decision, become an idol. Um, yeah, so- and I'm not big on that because it's like... It, it, it kind of flattens out Iconomancy in a way I don't really like. How so? Uh, I like Iconomancy as kind of being sort of siloed from each other. If you get what I mean? Of like, okay, the Iconomancer of Michael Jackson is going to know little to nothing about the Iconomancer of JFK. Sure, no, but I don't think it has anything to do with what Iconomancers think. It's whether someone becomes an idol... And an idol is someone who can be channeled by Economancers, but it's not the Economancers' decision or opinion. It, the thing is that that major charge does, like, it, it feels very separate from main point of our Economancy, which is dedication to a particular figure, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a. And I think the major charge should be some sort of expression of that specific devotion rather than just. Uh, more broadly, like, oh, you happen to have been an iconomancer and also killed a dude who would later become an icon. Maybe the problem is that we think we're approaching it, we're approaching the tra- charging structure from the position of not being iconomancers. Yeah, out of the gate, really, okay, this is more of a classification of a bunch of different weird magic schools as opposed to something cohesive. And yeah, maybe we can make the argument is it is that unified major charge mm-hmm. that. makes it cohesive into one magic school. Right. Um, Where Iconomancy is more about the act of devotion to a public figure. Yes. And the public figure in particular is kind of just details. But the other side of that is like, okay, when the entire source of your fucking spell list Mm -hmm. is dependent on that figure, that makes it that figure... Pretty central to the school, I think. Yeah, but it, uh, like most of the time, your idol, you're going to be channeling. If you're not going to answer, you're channeling people who are already dead. Um, this whole like, let's get the major yeah. charge from killing someone who will become an idol. Like that's some that's some gamification logic that makes sense for us from the outside. But to an iconomancer, like yeah. they might that it might not even occur to them. They might be disgusted by that idea. Um, although there well, are well, that's why I don't like it because it means that like it's not really a very good 
player goal. Like, I, when I when major charges come up, I, I ideally want them to be something that, like, a player reads in the rule book and is like, oh, I definitely want to, like, be aiming for that, at least sort of in the background. And it's something that I can very easily integrate into my character's motivations, whereas I think it, you know, the majority of Iconomancers don't really care that much about public figures that aren't connected to their idol. Maybe that would... That's it. Actually, that's a good point. Um, but maybe there's some connection in the Iconomancer's mind. Like, this living person is somehow connected to these idols that I've already devoted to, and he's going to enter my personal pantheon um, when he passes away. He or she passes away. But I don't want to... Okay, that makes more sense. So it's less about someone who becomes an idol and more about someone who is connected to your idol in some critical way. Perhaps, yes, yes. Like, oh, they... Yeah, Richard Nixon and Elvis shaking hands or something. It's like, something as meaningless as that. But to an iconomancer, it might be really important. Or an iconomancer of... John Lennon trying to assassinate Ringo Starr. Yes. yes. Or not even trying to assassinate. Like, from their point of view, they might not want to kill Ringo Starr because he's an icon. Uh, well, he can't kill... Like, not all, not all stalkers are going to want to kill their icons. But necessarily, like, just hanging around waiting for him to die. <laughs> like, dressed as John Lennon. And being told to leave because he's dressed as John Lennon. But... Just Waiting for him to go up to the great octopus's garden in the sky. That's it. And that becomes a situation of, like, you're not about um, wanting to kill Rigo Star necessarily, but you want to be present for his death. Maybe you want to befriend yes. Rigo Star and become his personal carer. Maybe you want to marry Rigo Star. Maybe, like, it, it could be any of these things. There's lots of different ways. So that's another thing is maybe it could be, like, you could brawn it to be, like, a ritual. Right. That is associated with someone in your sort of idol pantheon. What marriage being a big one, right? Marriage is a hugely important fucking ritual. There you go. Yeah, exactly. What if okay. you, what if you're trying to dissuade Ringo Starr from having himself cryogenically frozen? Because the act of being cryogenically frozen, <laughs> like, it, 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 is he dead? Is he alive? It becomes a Schrodinger's icon sort of thing, a fresh Schrodinger's idol. Um, See, if that were true, then I wouldn't see, I wouldn't know, like, three Walt Disney Iconomancers just, like, in my fucking contacts list. That's true, but the thing is, uh, uh, Walt Disney is widely assumed to be dead, and that's just a rumor that he was frozen, and he, but he probably is. It's what the world believes that matters. And if Ringo Starr is publicly going to freeze himself and talking on, um, uh, talking with Jimmy Kimmel, I don't know if he's ever been on Jimmy Kimmel, but, but talking to him about how, how he's going to see the next century or whatever. Jimmy Kimmel, known cryogenics enthusiast. I mean, if he was being public with it, talking about like, I will freeze sure, myself sure. and I'll see the next century, uh, I'll see the 22nd century or whatever. Um, and create that of all the celebrities to have like a late in life transhumanist turn Ringo Starr would be a pretty fucking funny one it would be a funny one it would be a funny one Um, you could do a whole campaign with like Beatles references but all linked to transhumanism in a different way different ways Um, maybe there's a whole thing where um, you can combine Rocco's Basilisk with the and you combine that well no you you combine that with um, Kevin Smith's Tusk oh god oh yeah there you go um, I was thinking that maybe the octopus's garden is not a good place to be. It, it lies in the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like when we're looking at 
the whole major charge it is weird that that's the only way they can generate a major charge but it kind of makes sense it has to be I do like your idea of, of being the first one to channel that idol um, someone who yeah. becomes an idol and that might just be as simple as like as soon as a celebrity's dying like making a little shrine and attempting it and seeing like though the other side of that is that's also not the most actionable of player goals right true but that's you, it's just like you, you make a character that's uh, a Mundy but has the identity obsessed with Norm Macdonald, right? And you just like cross your fingers, like, oh man, hope he fucking dies during the course of this campaign. Now, as a GM, you could just be constantly throwing them like dead celebrities. Be like, oh yeah, this one's dead. Oh shit, I was in a night tried just in case. Oh, someone already got to it. Damn it. Or, oh, they weren't important enough to become an idol. Like, I have a list of, um, a, a morbid list of the recent dead um, who might be potential idols uh, or icons. No, idol is the word. Uh, we talked a bit about this on a private discussion. Um, uh, who was it? Pat Robertson, who is well known. Uh-huh. You sure? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what comes to mind really, like there's a ton of public figures that people would be obsessed with enough to channel as an icon of answer. But the, kind of one of the fucked up things that comes to mind is this probably means there's a lot of like mass shooter and serial killer icon of answers. Of Just course. from like the true crime angle of things. Of course. Yeah, that, that, that makes complete sense. And then you have the dark stalkers going after them because they're pissed off. Stolen valor, you bastard. <laughs> you can't just dress up well as you know for seal killer sure but for like uh, like a mass shooter not so much I'm sure there's an avatar of the mass shooter up there we just don't talk about it um that that could be argued I'd say that could be argued as like a particularly uh, fucked up example like the executioner or the warrior perhaps perhaps maybe but war- yeah. honestly the warrior I think is probably the best fit for a mass shooter. The warrior... I don't think so. That warrior... Warrior is much broader. Think of an instant like that as a really fucked up combination of like a hero's journey, right? To, for, for a mass shooter to ascend as the warrior, that representation of... They want to ascend as the warrior, but I, I'd say they're in that umbrella. Oh, so the warrior against fucking bitches or something. The warrior against those mean ones. That's sure! Cool. Or, yeah, I guess. Sure. I, guess. I mean, you, you have that enemy, and your enemy is Roses or whatever, right? Sure. Maybe. I could see a Masuda being an avatar of the warrior, but I don't think all. Like, I don't think it's that common among Masudas. Though I could see it as an individual. I'm thinking more of. Again, like, I'm talking as like a particularly fucked up manifestation of that. And, you know, I think. Look, it, if the Dark Stalker can ascend from 1970s years of. Well, the Dark Stalker is supposed to be, like, folded into the Hunter now, too. So that's, that's a whole thing. Look, there's a lot of. There's still a lot of spaces of this. 333 spots. Uh, then there's a question of who ascended. If there. It could be. Um, a mass shooter who is trying to ascend. We're, we're, I'm more talking about like a mask, right? Because I mean, like, I'd say a modern avatar, uh, a modern uh, symbol of the warrior is very much like various sorts of guns that are prominent in uh, like media imagery, right? Yeah, sure. And it depends on the kind of gun. Like, you know, a six shooter, like a fucking revolver, masterless man, full stop, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, something like a like a something like semi or fully automatic. Like you know, you're fucking. Um, I, I, I hate to reach for this one because it's the it's such a fucking cliche, but like the AR-15 or whatever, right? Yeah. Or the M4, something more associated with like soldiers. Is yeah. very much like a common warrior symbol. It's oh, the AR-15. The thing is, with the warrior archetype or the broader soldier sort of archetype. Because a sword yeah. is just as much of a symbol as a, of a soldier. Well, that's ca- that's kind of the thing is, um, like a soldier and a warrior archetype in my head are very different. Because like a, a soldier is about like being part of something greater than yourself, supposedly. Mm-hmm. It's sp- about being being part of like a larger fighting force. Sure. It's like it's like the low lower class expression of a fighter archetype, whereas the warrior is more kind of like noble coded right it's more individualistic mm. a soldier has a spear a warrior has a sword do you get what I mean that's true that's true and you can be a warrior without even fighting um, there's different yeah. types of warriors because as a warrior you're the protagonist as a soldier you're not it's just like that um, that episode of Star Trek with the, the Klingon lawyer who is a warrior in the courtroom um, it's that's yeah yeah literally how warriors uh, yeah since the warrior is so tied in with all the hero's journey bullshit it is very much a about it's an archetype about being a protagonist right god damn those protagonists well yeah they they fuck everything out for the rest of us hey I got a I got a fucked up uh, reveal for a campaign a fucked up tasteless reveal go for it. We are in Hen- we are in Henry Kissinger's bathroom, my man. So um, the the mass shooter has not ascended, but because it's become such an important part of like the the zeitgeist, the fear of the mass shooter and the the, the reality of the mass yeah. shooter, um, it is threatening to break out, and there like there could be an apotheosis of the mass shooter, which would be bad for multiple reasons. And the only one standing in the way is Alex Jones, throwing. Throwing I have to say, this setup is just fucking Fly to Heaven 2 Electric Boogaloo. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Alright, let's take something fucked up, ripped straight from the headlines, and it's your job to uh, stop this guy from ascending. Yep. 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 You're Alex's angels. I mean, the, the other archetype that immediately comes to mind is like associated with mass shooters a lot would be like the Virgin. Oh. So that's... You know, that's not necessarily true. That's a hilarious reinterpretation of the Virgin, like, for, like, thousands oh, of no, years. Oh, no, I fully stand by in that. Yeah, like, it's it's not about, like, female purity anymore. It's about male failure. Oh, that's it. That's it. Uh, meanwhile, the sitting Virgin, who, the actual one who's still up in the, um, in the Invisible Clergy, who is that old-school representation of female purity... Like, she's, like, working hard, trying to influence, make sure there's as much slut-shaming as possible because she doesn't, like, <laughs> she doesn't want that. No, see, <laughs> I maintain that's the princess, and that's something that oh, right. Disney, like, really pushed in, like, the 90s. Right. And, see, the key difference is, like, the virgin is characterized by her potential for sexuality that has not happened yet. Right. Sure. Whereas, like the Disney princess is characterized by her absolute sexlessness. I don't know if you've gone on the internet recently, but <laughs> sure, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Even but in terms of where Disney controls, 
You want Disney controls? I don't know about that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I've Mulan swimming with all those soldiers and uh, Pocahontas running. And I don't know. I'm not sure if I buy the whole fully sexlessness thing. There is implications. There's the implication in a lot sure, of films. Sure. Even as a child, I noticed. Well, that. and you know the classic. Well, that's the classic one that's looked towards is like, oh, I'm a Little Mermaid. She gets a pair of legs. This is very important for her. Absolutely. Right. Oh, it was DreamWorks. I was thinking of Chell from Road to El Dorado, but that was DreamWorks, not Disney. But still. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's not an example of that archetype. But yeah, that, that's definitely DreamWorks. Um, well, okay. But, um, I see where yeah. you're coming from. It, it fits um, better with, um, maybe your Cinderella's, your Snow White's, like that. I, I would definitely argue that virgin as a word is much more... Associated with men than women nowadays. That, yeah, that's true. Not internationally, not in every culture. I mean, virginity is still considered very important in, say, the Middle East. They still have Lebanon sure, makes a lot of money. Sure. Like Lebanese plastic yeah. surgeons make yep. a lot of money with the virgin. Uh, yeah, hymen reconstruction surgeries. Right. Yeah, it's still really important to a lot of people around the world. More, um, so that has to be taken into account. But you're right in the West at least, and East Asia as well. I could see either standpoint, like, okay, that ascension has already happened, mm. or, like, the current manifestation of the Virgin, which is, like, this very classical, like, theme, uh, example of, like, uh, womanly purity, is trying her best to keep, like, slut-shaming in vogue so that, like, some guy in his mid-40s uh, living in a basement somewhere doesn't ascend as a virgin, right? And and, and the, the big reveal of that campaign is that this guy who... This, this basement-dwelling guy who is just an archetype of, like, the itself, and his whole... Um, yeah. His whole his whole apotheosis is being orchestrated by another group of, like, shameless incels who are just, like, waiting for the virgin to fall from the invisible clergy yeah. and be waiting because she'll go through that room of renunciation and she'll come out wild and they're just, like, total frat boys. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. All right, sure. Oh dear! I'm glad I was most of these campaign ideas just stay ideas that we, because they'd be terrible. But not, but not. Um, you can run it for the right group. It's true. So um, the let, let's let's go back to iconomancy though, because I, I think we talked we covered it pretty well in terms of like broad strokes, right? Sure, but sure. one of the fun things about iconomancy that's a blatant excuse for you as a player or GM to come up with your own magic school. Basically, yeah. Uh, a little mini magic school yeah. based on someone. <laughs> someone yeah. that's out there. Um, and there's a few. Like, in the core book, uh, the canonical ones, um, not including anything that was in anywhere else, but you got Marilyn Monroe, classic, obvious. Uh, Charlie Chaplin? Eh, less obvious now, maybe. Still, no. Charlie Chaplin. John F. Kennedy, Mahatma Gandhi... Elvis Presley, Mao Zedong, John Wayne, Princess Di, another major one, and old Rich and old Tricky yep. Dick himself. Yep. Which are a pretty good representation of like late twentieth century figures. I would agree. I would agree. Anyone that has like a long tradition of impersonators, I think, is fair game for absolutely, absolutely for iconomancy. Which is why it's surprising that I haven't been able to find a Michael Jackson iconomancer. Ah, I'm sure they're out there. The problem is there's too many, like, which Michael Jackson do you want to do? 
Michael Jackson. I you know, there's no distinction there. They all kind of folded together, right? Like the Elvis Iconomancer is channeling Elvis in his heyday, and also his uh, late peanut butter, fried peanut butter, banana that's sandwich true. years, right? That's true. That's true. You gotta mix it. Um, I'm sure there's Michael Jackson Iconomancers out there. Hemingway is, uh, you know, sure, assuredly like him during his dashing journalist phase in uh, the Spanish Civil War, and also him late in life. In a pit of depression and electroshock therapy induced psychosis. Sure. That that's kind of one of the things that makes an iconomancer differ from an avatar is that you know they they have the opportunity to channel a somewhat more nuanced version of a particular character. I think I think that with Hemingway, it's, it's an example of someone who might not be possible to channel now if you're new because they're far enough back in time that they become. Are you familiar with the, the Papas? The Papas? No, I'm not familiar with the Papas. There is a whole... I believe it's held in New Orleans. And it's at like this bar called Papas, I believe. Yeah. And it's this whole competition of Ernest Hemingway impersonators. Okay, well... And it's held like every year. There's people that like... This is a huge fucking thing for them. They're... Like, they'll fly from out of country to attend. There's like... This, this is going on for like... Fucking decades. It's it's a thing. This it's is a, it's definitely a fucking thing. This is what you do when you are an Ernest Hemingway iconomancer, and you want to maintain that connection. You want to maintain that that you set up shit like this. You set up inventions like you're not going to see that for yeah. other people. There's no Franz Kafka impersonation contests, although there should be, um, or Lovecraft impersonation contests, but. By having that contest, they might be just like clinging on to cultural relevance enough that they can still channel yeah. that icon. That's kind of genius. Uh, don't tell that to Kissinger because he might copy that idea as a demon. What if you're a demon of person who died and you can you like, and can you like gather a bunch of iconomancers around? You oh, I could. Do, I could. That would be such a fucking good iconomancer. Uh, goal of like I want to be possessed by the demon of my idol. There you go. There you go. And that's kind of great because the pro a demon is kind of already a flanderized version of uh, the person that they came from. Exactly. Uh, there is. Um, I know in Korean shamanism, um, there's a long tradition of channeling. Um, and Korean shamans will often channel uh, MacArthur uh, with the pipe and everything, uh, which is quite similar to kind of... All right, interesting. So it's like an old Korean... That's fucking wild. Yeah, old Korean woman um, obsessed by the spirit of MacArthur, puts the pipe in. Puts on the fucking aviator shades and the corncob pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, that's wild. Okay. (laughs) But it's very much in the wheelhouse of... uh, Iconomancy. And so... No, definitely. Definitely. So, like, yeah. like It's it's not that Iconomancy is the only people that can get power from this sort of act. Oh, no. But they're, they're very much especially tuned to it. Absolutely. And have, like, a... They they're, also have, like, a spell school and whatnot, right? Yeah. And that what separates it. Um, although, it wouldn't be... Like, that's the thing. Is that That's the, um, the barrier between the occult mainstream and the occult underground of religion and magic... It's, it gets blurry. Um, I could easily see... It does. 
um, an Economancer who is pretending to be, oh, I'm channeling this spirit. Like, no, or they actually, they're not pretending. They're literally channeling the spirit in a way, kind of. Like, yeah. there are plenty of new new age religions where, like, the, the main leader is like, oh, I channel the spirit of so-and-so uh, from the past. So you can easily see it. No, it's, set that up. it's pretty uncommon for it to be someone from the past century, right? Usually it's like, oh, I'm, I'm Jesus and the Buddha. Uh, yeah, exactly. Combination Jesus-Buddha. It's not unknown, though. It's not unknown. It's still it's possible. Sure. Especially if there's a history of um, political deification. I know it's pretty common for like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. So like MLK or JFK I or Marilyn Monroe. Or Kim Il-sung or Kim Jong-il or, Kim Il-sung. or Mao Zedong or Ho Chi Minh. Um, anyone that had a cult of personality at, in life, sometimes that can hang on um, after they're dead in the cult underground. Like a lot of uh, Soviet... Or like Soviet, uh, or at least Eastern Bloc countries, before everything fell, there was a lot of that going on, like um, uh, underground uh, economic cults for Stalin, or um, lots of people. I we have a write up for fucking uh, Trotsky right here. That's right. I like Trotsky. Um, Tr- this this is a write up. Um, from the unnatural phenomena. Yeah, what are some of your favorites of these? Because like unnatural phenomena has a ton of iconomancy items, and they're generally fun. And God, you have like a list of like fucking ten of these fuckers here. Uh, which one of these would you say are your favorites? And have you come up with any yourself? If I was gonna run, uh, if I was gonna play, oh, I do, I do like Leon Trotsky. I would play Leon Trotsky. If I was playing in a game that was set in like the mid twentieth century, because I think it would be more appropriate and funnier, um, right. like nineteen seventies Britain occult underground, um, I'm just a trot. Who's and there's still plenty of trots around. I know, but I know I I, I could do it now. I, I guess I, I sort of feel that once someone's too far in the past, it's better to go with the newer, the, the fresher crop of dead celebs. No, not unreasonable. Not unre- well, it depends. You know, there's some people that are. I wouldn't say evergreen, but yeah, they are still iconic a lot later. Yeah, but they you can, know, like but then they, then they become. I, I, I'd say the main, the main, like the the main determinant of whether or not you can do like a decent, uh, whether or not you play an iconic answer of a given person is how good is your impersonation of that guy? True. Not it doesn't need to be accurate. It's how good is it? You know, like can you do? Uh, a good JFK Boston, I want to say brogue, but you know, the, the sort of uh, fucking um, clone high JFK voice. Sure. But this is like how um, uh, Bill Hader complains about how some of his best impersonations, he can't use them because they're, they're too old. They're like Vincent Price yeah. and stuff like that. It's not like there aren't a ton of diehard adepts of any given kind clinging to their school far past its relevancy date anyway. Yeah. True, true. That's like, that's Mechanomancy's whole fucking thing. Yeah. You, you want to be, you want to be a Leon Trotsky Iconomancer in the year of our Lord 2023? Just be like this old fucking 70 year old oh, bitter fucking communist. Absolutely, absolutely. I've been devoted to Trotsky since I was fucking 16, damn it. We're going to stop now. I did have that cabal idea of a bunch of iconomancers who all channel communist leaders, but they're just finance bros. 
or crypto bros. No, that makes sense to me, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Marx, Marx was all about economics. Marx was all about finance. So yeah. they, they, I could very easily see some finance people that are like, I find this horrifying and fascinating. And the best way I can destroy capitalism is from the inside. Or, or they're just reading Marx, Marx, they're reading Capital and being like, well, yeah, I don't care if the communist revolution is inevitable. It's not here yet, so I'm going to use this as my blueprint to make money. And the best way to do that is to channel sure. that himself. And stay on my friend's couches and get drunk. <laughs> Which is even funnier when you're like a fucking... Um... When you're like private equity or some shit, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's that. That's the uh, the deadly combination of Karl Marx, Iconomancer. Uh, oh, oh, you can't. No, but you can't do. You can't also be a Plutomancer at the same time. God damn it! Uh, thank God for that. So, what are some of these spells that Leon Trotsky gets? Oh, Leon Trotsky. Let's go. Yeah, as an Iconomancer idol, just like to, for for an example, right? For an example, so Leon Trotsky. For two minor charges, you can cast Vanguard Party. The adept can convince a person with whom they share ideology that the adept is at the forefront of the struggle and should be listened to. That's actually pretty cool. I'm pretty certain that's... Well, isn't that like straight up a Firebrand channel? That might be, but this was written in 2007, so... Um, sure, sure. But, you know, I think Trotsky's also given as like one of the examples of a suspected... Firebrand, yeah, uh, Avatar. So and this, is, and this is why Avatars get pissed off, and I can't imagine it's like, ah, just yes. you're just stealing yeah. my stormflakes. There is also, and this one's a bit overpowered, as people mentioned in the comments. Uh, for three sigs, you can impose a permanent revolution, directing the anger of a working class crowd of a selected group, uh, such as the bourgeoisie, the Republican Party, or the New Inquisition, who are likely to be perceived as oppressing the lower classes. Uh, the mob will set off a citywide riot in search of members of that group. I think that's a bit power. It's too powerful, but I would. It would be. Yeah, I agree. Well, it is, it is three sick charges. That's true. I would like it if it was like you could redirect uh, and or like for example, if there's a riot because you've been throwing magic around, yeah. you can cast this to redirect yeah. it in the in your in, in a ideologically uh, uh, preferred sure. direction. Sure. In his negative aspects, three minor charges will bring to life Trotskyist, which causes a target chosen by the kind of answer to be unreasonably distrusted by the target's friends or allies. For one significant charge, I will not survive this attack. Trotsky's last words before his death following the attempted assassination by Ramon, Ramon Mercada. Mercada? Mercada? Um, it does, it just is, it's, it's a blast, it's a blast. <laughs> That's all it is, it's a blast. Yeah, so... Um, okay, well, it doesn't tell you how the blast manifests. Which, I didn't know those were his last words. It should That is anime as fuck, which I kind of love. <laughs> it, it should be... <laughs> it, it should be, you will not survive this attack? Sure. I mean, like, the obvious oh, one no. would be, like, okay, just their their skull gets caved in from the back as of an ice pick hit them, right? Or just an ice pick... Like a spectral ice pick appears and impales yeah. them in the back in the head. I mean, well, I, I, I was gonna say there should be a spell that makes you <laughs> immune to all blows except for from ice picks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that would be good. Um, immune to everything except ice picks, or it's something you can cast like when you're being killed that just turns your way of. Yeah. It just like however you're killed, it just looks like you were killed by an ice pick. Useful in certain cases. <laughs> or the other side of that is that you, you can only be damaged if your attacker is using an ice pick and or they're wearing a sombrero. Oh, yeah. 
I'm that, well, I don't think <laughs> Roman. No, that's not. That's not historically accurate. Of course it isn't. But it is funny. Got bandoleros on. A taco in one hand, <laughs> ice pick in the other. That's it. This is what you do, like when you're um, you're trying to psych out a Trotsky iconomancer, like when, when, when he gets his like um, his burrito, his burrito. You show up like a fucking sombrero. No, 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 no. You, he, 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 he's biting into his burrito, and he goes, "Oh, what the fuck's in there?" Opens it up. There's an ice pick inside. He's like, "No, they're coming for me again." <laughs> perfect. Fucking perfect. Um, I'll go through the list actually of uh, who we got. You can throw a shout out if you want to hear more. Um, that's sure. Steve Jobs, classic. Uh, well, not classic, but the obvious. Easy. Easy. Very, very, very iconic looking individual. Yeah. Johnny Cash, which is cool. I'd like to hear more about Cash. Let's go into him a little bit. Jo- Johnny Cash, if, what I, if I recall correctly, he had a couple of cool ones. Highway Man permits the economist to ascertain where he is, regardless of the conditions, as long as a stretch of road is visible. Um, that's cool. That's like limited enough, but it's also useful enough that I like it. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Fire expels a demon spirit or unnatural beings. That's fair enough. A bit cheap, maybe, but yeah, a bit cheap at uh, three minor charges. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's only for it's only for an hour or a few minutes. So. Yeah. Okay, that's very cool. A boy named Sue uh, acts as a brawl type skill with the opposition taking penalty on all offensive yeah. actions, equal to the tens of the die roll. Useful, useful. Sure. And. Um, the man in black permits the caster to become a veritable engine of retribution against any assailants previously encountered. Just as basically it acts similar to the third channel of the Executioner Avatar. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, masterless man and kind of uh, Executioner style stuff in here, which makes sense. Johnny Cash is very much an archetypal example of a masterless man, I'd say. That's right, and that's how like after a certain period of time passes, it'll just end up with Johnny Cash as a mask of... Yeah, Master's Land, yeah. probably. Yeah. Or he just gets forgotten as part of the churn of popular culture. Yeah. How much... You have better handle on this than I would. How much is Johnny Cash known, you know, in, like, Asia and whatnot? Oh, in Asia, probably not very. <laughs> not really. Yeah. That's probably, like, uh... Well, it depends on the type of musician. Uh, actually, I would... I would... I, like, the Beatles are... My, the Beatles are pretty big in East Asia. Yeah, from my understanding, right? Or maybe that's just the Japan thing. I can I can imagine Johnny Cash being known in Japan. I don't know if what the hell. Hold on, he was in a film. He was in a Japanese film called Kaire in 1983. I mean, a lot of people have been in Japanese films that you would not expect. A Japanese Christian movie, largely in English, that features Johnny Cash. Huh. Never released in any English-speaking country. Uh, the confusing mystery behind Kaire goes deep, but its direct origins are simple. An adaptation of Japanese novelist Miura Ayako's 1981 novel of the same name, uh, based on the story of the three Kichis, three Japanese sailors who, after being swept out to the Pacific, took a world tour to return home. That's very weird. That's interesting. That is actually really fucking cool. It's a historical drama? I, I thought I remembered hearing that name before. Johnny, uh, the name of the Johnny Cash sports a wig and sings a gospel tune. For his part as a trading magnate who helps rescue the sailors from a tra- tribe of Native Americans. Okay. Huh. Well, that's something I might check out then. Sure, why not? Just goes to show, like, when you start digging. Yep, shit. 
Um, let's see. Okay, other ones I've seen your list here. There's Bob Hope, which is an interesting iconomancer. I, I was just gonna uh, idol. I was just gonna mention the famous um, Johnny Cash uh, incident where he uh, I, th- I can't remember what show it was on, but he he swapped costumes with Elton John. Yes, I have seen that. I have seen that. That was very cute. And also seeing John and like the whole Man in Black get up. Yeah, absolutely. So Bob Hope, I Bob Hope is like an American figure that I don't know that well. Um, I know he was. I don't even know him super well to be honest. Like um, he's like very very old school. Sure. Like entertainer. He was in his like fucking heyday during the fifties. That's it. That's it. So this is someone. But you know, he his notoriety hasn't survived in the same way that like fucking uh, Frank Sinatra. Has right. Bob Hope is also someone who was uh, lived to be a hundred uh, as well. Interesting. Yep. Only God can say what dark sort of magics Bob Hope did to extend his life. Exactly. Moving on, we've got uh, Bruce Lee, of course. Which, yeah, that is of course. Uh, what what we got here? There's actually two Bruce Lees, um, two different people running. Oh, Bruce okay. Lee. Okay, so the one I'm looking at. You got Fist of Fury for two minor charges. You can attack multiple targets at once with a martial arts skill with no skill rating division. Basically, so like you can attack more than once as long as you're hitting more than one guy. Uh, move like water for three minor charges. An adept can attack and dodge simultaneously for no penalties. Yep. Even against multiple. So like, it's shit that like deals with your action economy in a fight, really. Uh, which, you know, makes sense, I guess. Well, this is a very second edition. <laughs> Absolutely. Set of uh, spells. Um, the Game of Death for a significant charge allows an adept to employ any hand-to-hand cherry automatically with any successful hit. Oh, fucking cherries. Remember cherries, Thompson? I remember cherries. Let's do an episode just on cherries. Um, sure, oh, why the fuck not? <laughs> Curse of the Dragon, where for three significant charges, a target is granted a strong and impossible-to-ignore image of her own death. Because apparently Bruce Lee suffered through many such omens during his life. Is that Bruce um, or Brandon? Uh, or both? Uh, I, I think Bruce. I mean, I guess Bruce. It, Bruce's death wasn't as exciting as uh, Brandon's death. I, I yeah. Um, and it forces rank six violence and helplessness checks. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh... It's kind of weird, though, you're applying, applying to someone else. Sure. First time I saw how I, I'm going to die, I died a similar reaction. Okay, there's a different version. In the uh, in the other version of the Bruce Lee uh, icon, the Mancy, um, which is also an unnatural phenomenon, um, there's a, there's also a charge called Fist of Fury, which basically it's just using iconomancy skill in place of struggle martial arts skill, which is fair yeah. enough. Uh, Enter the Dragon... Makes the economist in the center of attention. Uh, makes everyone's like staring at them because the dragon has entered. Three minor charges gives you the big boss. Causes everyone to present to instantly recognize your complete superiority in one skill or ability, even if you do not have any aptitude in this skill. That's pretty. Cu- that's kind of useful in many cases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two sigs will get you way of the dragon. Imbues the economist with the legend of the I- idol's athleticism and speed. 
You now move and act twice as fast as everyone else, getting two full actions per combat turn. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fucking haste. It's, it's, it's fucking haste. Jesus. Still, it's useful. And there's, there's this one, which is pretty wild. I like, I like this one. I like this one, yeah. Eight significant charges. The Iconomancer can play the game of death, replicating a feat performed by many idols, being seen after his own death. To use this effect, the Iconomancer must be holding the seven charges when he dies. Is it eight? At the exact moment of death, he can specify one future event at which a version of him will appear. This version will look like an idealized version of the Iconomancer, or the Icon. Oh no, the Iconomancer. And will have no memories or knowledge of anything that has happened after his death. In essence, a snapshot of him just from just before he died. Uh, the event chosen must be fairly specific, and the copy of the Iconomancer can only appear for one hour. So the event must be relatively short. That's pretty cool. That's pretty crazy. I agree. Like, eight significant charges is a lot for something that... I, I can't imagine a player would do it, because it's just a bit... I I'd probably lower the charge cost a bit. But it is fucking cool. I mean, what this brings to mind is, like, you know, small brain. Jesus was a avatar of the martyr. Giga galaxy brain. Jesus was an iconomancer for sleep. Oh, right. I see. He... he he knew it in advance he, he knew because he knew Bruce yes. Lee was coming Bruce Lee being the last and truest prophet maybe maybe you know when he was turning over the money lenders that classic textbook use of Fist of Fury that would be a, a, they should make a Kung Fu Jesus movie because that would be fantastic I would be very surprised if it doesn't know what he exists that's true that's true I, w I would almost steal this idea and like turn it into a ritual because it seems like something that like I can see a lot of like in terms of like NPC usage of like I want to be alive for this event that's like a great hook for a campaign your dead friend appeared out of nowhere just like beatifically smiling letting you know everything's gonna be alright like three years after they died and then you know th th now there's this cult forming around them a la after their turn of Christ and then you just eventually find out no wait he was an iconomancer Bruce Lee yeah uh, another op another option is uh, it's it's for a one shot where everyone is playing like you, you're all dead and you have one hour to like save this wedding before you fade back into non-existence. All right, sure. <laughs> you died. You planned ahead. You did the ritual, and now you're all you're reappearing just for this one event. And oh shit, things are going wrong. Uh, you still have all your powers and stuff, but you're gonna cease to exist in about ah oh, fifty nine minutes. Uh, yeah, that could be a fun one shot. It's like like yeah, that, that that could be fun. It's a very classic one shot setup of like okay, a bomb collar has been attached to your neck. You have like three hours of real time to yeah get the situation resolved. Yeah, except it's not a real bomb collar. It's uh, because you're already dead. You're not gonna die. You're already dead. Yes. Okay. There's also uh, no retreat, rest, surrender. Which fills the Economancer or a nominated target with a desire to exceed at any cost, uh, filling him with an aspect of a rumor that followed Bruce's earliest days in California, immune to any form of magical mind or emotion control, and any attempts to sway him suffer a minus thirty skill shift. That's interesting. Uh -huh. I don't know. I could. I could. Sure. I, I would, I'd modify that. But anyway, that's the two Bruce Lees. He can use. I would use. I would pick and choose from both. Uh, this is just two different iconomancers having to having to write down their particular skill school like skill list, yeah, uh, skill yeah. list uh, spell list rather, because each iconomancer is going to have their own shit. 
as I've said before, all adepts probably have their own worked out formula spells, and it's doubly so with Akonomancers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll just go through the list. I don't want to go through everything. We've got Fred Rogers, yeah. Chris Hemingway, Johnny Carson. Reasonable, reasonable. Uh, Christopher Reeve. Uh, Reeve, like, I don't think of Reeve as particularly iconic. You know, he's in Superman, but, like, that's, that's pretty much it. That's true. I would, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, what, what else was he in? Uh, like, you know, I, I, the main thing I know about Christopher Reeve are he was Superman and he lost the use of his legs after falling off a horse. That's, yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably not. I would, but maybe that connection with Superman and Christopher Reeve as Superman has given him something. Like, they, apparently he was even in that terrible Flash movie. Um, uh, they, they really yeah. brought him back, so. Well, not him, his fucking. A digital puppet of his corpse. That's right. If you circumnavigate the world backwards in a wheelchair, you can turn back time. That's that's a solid ritual. That's a solid, solid ritual. What are you talking about? Like the the path of Christopher Reeves? I could see that. That's a campaign. Well, yeah, because you know the bit where he tur- where he turns the world back in time by uh, spinning on its at like. Going against I, its axis. I know the I know the reference you're referencing. Yeah. But I'm thinking about like, so it's like that combined with his wheelchair, yeah. Yes, there you go. Again, I'm going off like the few things I know about Chris Reeve. That's a solid. That's a solid uh, campaign. We must like, we must go around. But you don't have to go straight around the world. You can do it like um, hopping onto like boats and such. But you have to go all the way. Sure, circum- sure. Circumnavigate the. Earth but you you can never go forward in your wheelchair the entire time. Only backwards. That's even worse. I love it. That's great. We've also got here uh, Pope John Paul II. Eh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, he was pretty significant as popes go. Uh, there were probably different Pope iconomancers in the past, but sure. we forgot about them. There's a whole club of them. They all hate each other. Of course. Etc. Uh, Andy Warhol. Sure. Recognizable. Alfred Hitchcock. Sure. Yep. Recognizable. Groucho Marx. Sure. Recognizable. Uh, basically... If you could imagine a dead, real-world celebrity competing on epic rap battles of history, then they can be an icon. Sure, sure. I, I haven't thought about that the rule YouTube of- channel in like four years, but <laughs> no, all right. You don't have to look at it, you that's just have to reasonable. imagine it. A, that's that's the, the rule of thumb. So the, you, you're telling me I can be a Gandalf icon of answer? I would say maybe with uh, certain <laughs> figures, certain actors What's who, Ian known, does? who are known through their roles. Sure. Then sure, like if 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 Will Smith dies and you become the first Will Smith iconomancer, I understand what you're getting at, but I I, I do like the insinuation that Gandalf was portrayed by Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, sure, that'd be. That'd... I mean, there's probably Tolkien iconomancers, I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, and and as featured on epic rap battles of history. Haha. Yes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But if if there was a, a Will Smith iconomancer, he could have a, a a spell called Welcome to Earth. It just makes sense. It just makes nice. sense. There is um, so I mentioned before Pat Robertson died recently. Uh, there's also Tina Turner and Jerry Springer, Barry uh, Humphreys, Lance Reddick, rest in peace. Do you do you know who Barry Humphreys is? No, no, I can't say it. Var- I don't know who. Var- top of my head. Barry Humphreys is not a widespread, well-known international celebrity, except maybe in Australia and maybe the UK. It was a uh, comedian known for his portrayal of Dame Edna Everidge. 
okay. recognizable to Australians and Brits maybe not well known elsewhere I don't think I, I just noticed that he died I'm like ah, I know who that is um, this is an example and Lance Reddick again is someone who's probably not notable enough but I just wanted to um, include as the outro um, Lance Reddick on uh, well yeah so I assume one of his spells is I wish I was LeVar Burton that's it that's it yeah so I would allow it I would love if there was like an Iconomancer who just an Iconomancer of um, some character actor that no one knows the name of but everyone recognizes. Like, I will give you an example. There's probably... No, there's like a Peter Laurie Iconomancer out there, I'm sure. There was like an actor. I can't remember what his name was. He had a beard. He was an Arab dude. In every movie from the 90s, if there was a call for an Arab dude with a beard, he was the guy. Oh, I, I don't know who you're talking about, but I'd probably recognize the fuck out of him if you said you showed me a picture of him. Yeah, you would. Uh, no, I mean, obliquely speaking of which, the Iron Sheik, another great iconomancer yeah. idol. That is a good point. Really, any 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 professional wrestler is a great iconomancer idol because they like they have a ton of uh, spell names already in tow. Is they have a bunch of special moves? They usually have catchphrases. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that is a good point. That could be a whole um, subcategory of uh, sports economances as well. Well, especially professional wrestlers. Which, remember, is not sports. It's sports entertainment. This guy. So you you would... Did you just mention the name? His name? No, what, no. What was the name of the guy that you just mentioned as an example of a character actor? Peter Laurie? Oh, no. Okay, I was thinking... Peter, Peter Laurie was during the fucking... Like, that was like... Golden Age of Hollywood, dude. He was in Casablanca and shit. I was thinking of Eric Avery. Okay, I don't know him, but... I'll post this picture. Oh, yes, I've seen this guy. You've seen that guy. You've seen that guy. I've been in so many places. I've seen that guy. I didn't know his name until I looked until I searched through who who was a bit character in The Mummy 1999. Yeah. Oh, this guy. This is... I, I, I noticed him a lot. I'm like, hey, it's this guy again. He's, he's like, he's one of those characters that like, you don't know who he is, but you're always happy to see him. He's like a familiar face. Yeah, no, just a, 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 good, a good, like he's a stock character pretty much. Pretty much. Well, he has a couple stock characters, but he has like a nice voice. Yeah. He generally does a good job in his role. Yep. And, you know, he, he doesn't really stand out a lot, but he's always doing uh, solid, solid work. Right. So you listen off a few of these guys. Do you have any like spells in mind for fucking Pat Robertson and Tina Turner? I don't. What we could do is I did actually do a write-up of Iconomancy uh, for my project okay. that had a few. I also got a couple Iconomancers that I came up with. Yes. Um, and I included, like, I didn't look at the uh, Natural Phenomena site, so there was some overlap with people, particularly uh, Fred Rogers and uh, Steve Jobs. They were both... Uh, I, I wrote right. a write-up for those, and they were also... People have done that before, previously. I've got uh, Christopher Hitchens as an icon. All right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. With the minor effect, what can be asserted without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence, which can be used to counteract any successful lie roll without needing to oppose it uh, with a notice check for one minor charge. And it can, do, it can neutralize any avatar channel or add its formula spell based on convincing someone of something for two or three minor charges. Hey, it's too complicated. I should go over this again. And also you can use a hitch slap 
to demolish arguments. I don't know. I, I think he'd be fun. It'd be fun to uh, be a Christopher Hitchens like an Amanda. Who else did I get here? I which spell do you get for supporting the Iraq War? Look, a lot of people, a lot of dead people and li- alive people did that. Um, so yeah, like he was like a he was very much like a face for that. True. In a way that a lot of other people were. But you are you are not wrong. We are also in Henry Kissinger's bathroom. Excuse me, Kissy Hank. Kissy Hank. Um, I got Maya Angelou uh, because I wanted to. Sure, that's good. I just have dudes, <laughs> of course. So I wanted to include. Oh uh, yeah, I guess something that isn't just a bunch of white dudes. Exactly. Yeah, I want to do try to balance it out. Um, so of course. I Which, mean, to be fair, Steve Jobs is half Syrian. That's true. That's true. I got Margaret Thatcher, which I used in the campaign. Um, yes, yes, you did. You sure did. Ah, uh, good old, good old, Maggie, uh, good old Megan Thatcherman. Uh, she was. Are they easy? Do, do, does she have a spell called the Iron Lady that literally turns her into iron? No, but I. Did she should. There you go. There's a freebie, bud. That's right. Makes you bulletproof. I included Robin Williams, and this is why I wanted to talk about how actors can like draw off their roles, I think, because that's something I think is important, especially with someone like Robert Williams who is associated with so many roles, but like they're both Yeah, yeah. They're the roles themselves he's not forgotten in the role, but the role is also like no one else can be Mrs. Doubtfire, no one else can be like all these characters he played. Yeah. That particular character, but it's still they're, they're, they're aspects of him that I think mean that they can be used for formula first spells. I mean, he definitely has more dramatic roles. I mean, there's parts of Miss Doubtfire that are like that. There, I mean, what dreams may come comes to mind. Uh, the Fisher King, and that's why I had a very silly, very silly spell for two significant charges. You can cast O oh, Captain, my Captain. We can compel up to nine okay, people. Sure, the stand, the stand. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of fucking Dead Poet Society when I'm talking about serious Ron Williams roles. That's right. Sure, yeah. So it all it does is make them make up to nine people stand on the table and repeat the famous line, Oh captain, my captain. Very useful if you need to. How, get how much does that cost? <laughs> Two things. Yeah, it's a bit much, maybe one. But yeah, yeah, sure. And it, it, it's mind control, it, it's body control. Um and it can be yeah, sure. very useful if you have to get away from a situation. Make people go around looking for a table to stand on. Can they do, like, their normal actions on top of that? Or is like, do they have to dedicate all their focus to... Uh, this compulsion occurs regardless of what the targets are currently doing. Or there has to be a table within view. Yeah. They'll all stand there staring at the adept until the last one has got up and set their line. And then they can start shooting again. So it's... it's, it's Alright, that's all. No, yeah, like, I remember I was saying, like, okay, who... Who are their Iconomancers? Uh, who are there, who are there not economists for that they should? And the first one that came to mind was Rob Williams. Yep. And I do distinctly remember looking at your item and being like, "Damn it, yeah. being to it." You can. Well, we get at but there's. I've only got two things for each of these. Like uh, following. That's why I did too. Because that's what's in um, Post Bomber Magic's version. And it's reasonable. Like you can't come up with like a bunch of fucking. Sc- spells for like eight of these guys. It's. I, I think with Iconomancers it's best to do breadth rather than depth. Sure. Just kind of like, hey, you could be an Iconomancer of this guy. I also included uh, Teresa Tang to, again, add another yeah, female sure. icon. Yeah, sure, a bit less Western-centric. That's right. Yeah. Teresa Tang being a Taiwanese singer who was very, very popular in the late 20th century in both mainland China and Taiwan. She has uh, the two spells I've got. Um, first one is Tian Mi Mi, which can instill feelings of nostalgia in people of Chinese descent of at least Generation X or older for the cost of a minor charge. 
Why Chinese descent? Could you just like <laughs> just, just make it anyone, dude? That's that's a bit weird. I th- I, it, it's such an old school. It's very like much of the time and place. That's why it's not just um, the descent, but also the generational thing. But maybe, maybe. Okay, well, maybe brought it to like a generation, maybe like a generation, the generation prior to you or something. Maybe. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you. I am just having a spell that only works on people of a given race. <laughs> Strikes me as kind of odd. Sure. Look, there's lots of fucked up magic out there. Um, I, I don't mean like a problematic sense. I just think it's a bit narrow in its use case. That's true. That's true. I, I don't mind a narrow use case spell because you never know what it's going to tell like, you. Well, as long as you have it cost appropriately, right? Yeah, it's one minor. Come on. Yeah, sure. Sure. And the other one I've got is... You could cast Ten Rules the Night uh, to push something into the public consciousness uh, that's facing official suppression or censorship, bolsters public interest and stymies attempts to stifle the target of the effect. Um, this is representing how popular Teresa Tang was in mainland China despite being officially banned. Uh, this was during the this was during um, the reign of uh, Deng Xiaoping, so they had the whole thing of Deng Xiaoping rules the day, while Teresa Tang rules the night. That was the that was the line. But yeah, I thought having a um, non-Western icon would be good, and it's because there's going to be lots actually. But it's having choosing yeah. one, which is um, you know, people re- that is uh, relevant for most players as well, and also had Freddie Mercury again, not just sure. not just another white guy, not just another white guy. I guess also Syrian descent, I believe, right? Uh. I know he's some sort of Middle Eastern descent, no, uh, but I don't know. He was of Parsi descent. Ah, Fully right. of Parsi descent. Uh, yes. The Parsis are from Western India, and they yeah. are Zoroastrians. Okay, so not even not even Middle Eastern. All no. right, never mind then. No. Um, right. So I also got a couple I dra- drafted up. Um, only a few, but... Uh, so the obvious one that I'm surprised hasn't been done before is Stanley. Sure, Stanley's good. Yep. What's the spells for yep. Stanley? Uh, so I got for a couple miners face front true believers, and you immediately grab hold of someone's attention for two d ten minutes, and you know it takes a helplessness check to pull away early. Sure. And in you know the more negative uh, characteristic of Stanley, there's with great power comes great responsibility, which takes. Um, Three sigs. Uh, sorry, no, four sigs, excuse me. The next time a faction of your choice rolls into the objective, the points from that objective go to you. Oh, shit. And this only works on factions of a lower level than you. Ah, uh, that's so rude. That's so rude. That's very powerful. It sure right? is. Surely every group would want to have one Stanley around. When you're up against a Stanley Iconomancer, you, know, you should watch out that he doesn't steal credit for shit you're doing. How do you stop him? Uh, you need to kill him. That's the only way. Okay, there we go. Or extricate him from the group. Um, I got Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah? Um, which, you know, I'd say on par with Rob Williams, though maybe... Like, Hoffman was very much about like getting into a particular role. Yeah. So I was more thinking, like, all right, what are some like particularly iconic scenes that he's in? So? So for two minors, why did you ask Pigfuck? Uh, after so successfully coercing someone, mm-hmm. one cabal mate that's present can get a free non-firearm attack on the target. No roll required. Mm-hmm. 
Um, for one sig, uh, there's all right. That's that. When failing a stress check from coercion, you can set, cast this instead of getting a failed notch. Ah, the hard see. notch. Ah, uh, and it also means that you, you know, you stay calm. But you have to say all right. That's that. Yeah. To say it. All right, that's that. Uh, and perhaps I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it could be argued that I'm just uh, thinking ahead. But I do have a write-up for Henry Kissinger. Really? That's... Um, yes. It, we're in his house. Maybe it's a bit rude. We are in his house. Well, what, what a better place to broadcast from that. Sure. So, for... Uh, three miners, you can cast the greatest aphrodisiac, which allows you to st- substitute your status score for connect. Oh. And then there's for uh, three sigs, balance of power, which, so you get two factions, right? And the, none of these factions can be your own cabal. And you subtract 2d10 objective points from the faction with a higher score. Right. And you add those points to the faction with a lower score. Oh, that's ingenious. That's just causing trouble. That's just causing Yes, trouble. yes it is. <laughs> Appropriate for the uh, idol then. Sure, sure. Um, I was also thinking for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, I know, this is just something that came to mind just now, but um, to throw in a Love Liza reference there, happiness is a warm pump where you can resist stress checks uh, if you have recently huffed gasoline. Okay. That... Um that's useful. That's um, I, I like the Philip Seymour Hoffman iconic answer being like a lot of stuff around stress management and like that, that's like a st- stress <laughs> and coercion stuff. I, I think that's a bit of an overlap with our um, petrophages friends. Uh, I'm sure they could do sure that. <laughs> sure. That's solid. That's solid. Uh, that's solid thought. Like I said, Iconomancy, it's an excuse to kind of come up with an ad up school. A bit less commitment, because you aren't expected to come up with, you know, 16 of the fucking things. Mm-hmm. Or you have 12, 16. You can be like, all right, I, I can... It's well suited towards, I think, random magic that you then codify into spells. Where you're like, oh yeah, no, this is... This situation is vaguely relevant to Steve Jobs. Yeah. Oh no, this NPC we like has just caught Ligma. Luckily, I'm Steve Jobs, I caught him answer. Oh no. And I can I can take it into myself and uh, nobly sacrifice myself. Yes, as fruit juice. Yes. So yeah, it is one of those schools of magic which has been uh, accused of being a bit morbid, but that's a lot of schools of magic. I like this. Um... What I do like to speculate on, um, why I like the, the sort of the time limit of like, it should be about 50 years or so until someone enters like the, the rarefied um, levels of mythology as opposed to being a, a celebrity so much. Someone isn't a celebrity when they're dead 50 years, I don't think. They're the historical figure. But if you're running a game, like if your game is set, like I ran a game set in the 1920s, didn't have any Oconomances in there, but if I did that again... There's no reason you can't have, like, Otto von Bismarck Iconomancers running around, Queen Victoria uh, Iconomancers running around. It adds a bit of flavor, you know, to a certain time period to have... Objective, kill Hitler. Not because I want to... Not because you're trying to stop the Nazis, but because you want to be an Iconomancer of Hitler. Oh, dear. 
Now, isn't there a reason why there isn't any Hitler economances? Uh, probably for... Um, bad taste, I suspect. Oh, right. But, okay. This is... Uh... I swear, I'm gonna, it's a Charlie Chaplin economancer. With a, <laughs> a special emphasis based on the great dictator. I promise. <laughs> see, 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 that's... Uh... Okay, the reason the, the, the reason they give is that Hitler has not become an idol because he's not held in high esteem by a reasonable enough percentage of those who know of them. Just, just, just channel Hitler, be a Hitler iconomancer in India. There you go. Um, at the, uh, the Hitler fried chicken restaurant in Thailand. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, I, I, I hope they have some sort of pen pal business relationship with Bobby Sandsberger and Tehran. <laughs> okay. I do like your idea of like the the Hitler iconomancer like masquerading as a Charlie Chaplin iconomancer. That is very funny to me, and why not? And then it's a big reveal at the end. He he takes off his tiny mustache, revealing a slightly smaller, different tiny mustache. <laughs> that's so dumb. That's that's, that's perfect. <laughs> um, I wonder if. Because there's a mention that no one has been able to channel the Lizard King, Jim Morrison. I think that's just like they've chosen a celebrity. Like they keep trying to do it, and somehow they just end up channeling Steve Irwin instead. <laughs> yes, yes, that's been happening a lot. That's someone I should add to Steve Irwin. That's another good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if any Americans are playing in my game, playing a Steve Irwin character, they have to keep attempting the Australian accent throughout the entire game or else they're not getting any magic points. <laughs> Just give me your worst Australian. I want to hear it. Anyway, I think that it might be some characters, not characters, but um, historical figures like Jim Morrison who cannot be channeled um, because of mysteries. Um, Tupac was my, my suggestion. Um, in my well, that's because he's not dead. That's it. That's it. If there's like a, a, a powerful enough rumor that they fake their own death, this 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 muddies the water. Well, but then the, the, yeah, but then there's Elvis. So that's true. That's true. I mean, he, but the thing is, maybe he just died like two years later after he faked his death. You don't know. That's the problem with faking your death. You might die afterwards, but it becomes the mystery. Yeah, I I like the idea of there being kinds of iconomancers that are like localized. You can only channel them in like. Areas that like they have a certain amount of prestige. I, I'm just imagining this small town where there's this like real fucking character of a mayor that like died ten years ago. Sure. And like sure. everyone's trying to channel him in different ways. Um, that's pretty fun because then you get like real specific with it. No, that's fun. That could work. Here's one for you. You can only channel Rob Ford in Ontario. Ah, yep. Yeah, there we go. Rob Ford, who I know of mainly from. Uh, uh, Robin D. Laws and Ken Heights podcast. Yeah, know. Ken and Robin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that that whole segment is so funny in it's retrospect because like, it's like just Ken giving Robin endless shit for like, haha, you guys got a fucker elected, and then fucking Trump happened. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> that's what you get. Uh, I mainly suggest this because he would have to have a channel that involves smoking crack. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, fuck, that would be. I'd have to like go over that whole thing again and like pick out the the particular ridiculous scenarios of Rob Ford. Yeah, like like minor local um, fucked up politicians is always good. Like um, Le Pen might work in the France game. 
Like the, not the not. Well, the, she's not. Di- oh, her you father, mean her dad, right? Yeah, her not, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That works. For example, if you don't want, if there's no Hitler kind of answers, but you're running like a mid to a late twentieth century game, I mean, have an Oswald Mosley kind of answer. It's doable, no, probably. Sure. Possibilities, and of course, you've always got any dictator that was uh, fancy enough, um, especially dictators that had doubles themselves anyway. So yeah, your Saddam Husseins, your um, Muammar Gaddafi's recognizable enough. You could easily do a uh, a kind of answer. Ayatollah Khomeini. Perhaps. Uh, Nikolai Ceausescu. Oh, that's the classic one. The walls are listing. Khomeini's good. Khomeini's good. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that's a solid spread. I mean, you know, it could be argued that some of these guys are prominent enough that it would work outside of... Yeah, I think it's a question of prestige, right? Because probably yeah, in that case, Ceausescu doesn't work because remaining people generally hate him. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of like... They have to be... They have to have some degree of prestige where you're channeling them. How about Stalin? I like people still like Stalin. I'm sure there. I'm sure there's places where Stalin's still popular. Yeah, and sure. fuck, I didn't even argue in Russia, right? There, there's like that whole nostalgia thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's not an uncommon view for a certain kind of Russian conservative to be like, "Well, things were just better under Stalin," you know? Yeah. You know, when you're a leader, sometimes you need to make tough decisions. This is why. Um... Mao Zedong still has he uh, is a clear icon because yeah. like yeah he like there's that quote that like if he died in the 50s he'd have remembered as a hero if he died in the 60s he'd have remembered as a guy that made some bad mistakes but he died in whatever year um, so the, the original book gives Mao as an example right yeah so I'll be honest in the context of that saying oh no Hitler Hitler doesn't fly strikes me as kind of excuse making yeah, but I would argue that Mao still has a, like a lot of people, a lot more of the percentage of people in China have a positive view on Mao versus number of people in Germany have a positive view on. Oh, sure, but I, I mean, the, the whole localized thing is something we just came up with, right? There's plenty of people that have, it's like, you know, I'm talking about just like weird white supremacist. I'm talking about like, like there's there's countries where Hitler is considered a great leader. Yeah, but it's like it's not just Indian shit. But nowhere near to the extent as Mao, because Mao's face is still right. hanging up above Tiananmen Square for sure. a reason. Sure, um, sure, that's that's reasonable. Yes, and, and the Communist Party came out and said, like, well, Mao was seventy percent. I mean, like the, 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 the fact that it's I don't think it's necessarily tied to their country of origin anyway, right? Not necess- not necessarily, but like Mao had a history going before he fucked up. Where's the cutoff there, I guess, you know? Mm. Yeah, Sharks Media is Stolzian times being like, alright, this is the first question that a specific kind of asshole is going to ask. We're just going to cut him off at the pass and be like, nope, doesn't work, sorry. But why the fuck would we trust those guys anyway? That's true. They just didn't want, they, they didn't want to stand, stand up the, the Hitler icon. Icon of man. So they're scared. They're <laughs> scared of the of potential for... The power of a Jewish Hitler iconomancer. Oh, God. Or a black Hitler iconomancer. Oh, no. A black Jewish Hitler iconomancer. And he's getting more and more seats in the Knesset. No. <laughs> By black Jewish, if you mean black Israelite, that's not that unexpected. That's true. Um, <laughs> black Israelite Hitler. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, yeah. I could see that being uh, problematic. Very problematic. Just a little. 
I mean, you know, so is being a Mao Iconomancer if we're being entirely even-handed here. That is true. Look, I think, like, the difference between Mao and Hitler was that the Germans felt ashamed and because they would... The, uh, the argument there was we were just following orders. Well, where everyone who participated in the Cultural Revolution, the Great Leap Forward, a lot of it was like, well, Mao just stood up and suggested it and we all just went to Beijing together and it was a big party so we, we could we could just not talk about that we we kind of wanted to strip down our teacher and put a dunce cap on him <laughs> well actually what what is sort of the chinese cultural understanding of the cultural revolution like you know I, i've read wikipedia synopses of a few books that are like oh you know a lot of this is about uh, a party member reckoning with the legacy of the cultural revolution yeah, sure. Uh, it seems like a fairly common thing among like kind of highbrow Chinese novelists. Yeah, and even Liu Cixin used it as a major plot point in um, Three Body Problem, yeah, yeah. And things like that. Yeah, it was. Con- I think it's pretty much considered a bad time, but still, Mao's legacy uh, remains intact. Uh, I think the Communist Party officially gave him a seventy percent score. Um, he was seventy percent a good leader. <laughs> you got a C minus, Mao. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what? That, hey, C's get degrees, buddy. That's right. Uh, that's right. So, yeah, it's 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 complex. Uh, you should have studied more about sparrows. You would have done better on the test. Yeah, yeah, you really would have. Um, but anyway, um, there's what if the thing is after Mao, like none of the the biggest Chinese leader with a big profile was Deng Xiaoping until good old yeah, Xi yeah, comes yeah. along. Xi Jinping. You could argue that he's trying to set up himself as the icon in the future, but I'm not sure he's going to pull it off. I wonder if, like, Putin could be an icon if he gets blown up by Wagner in three months. Uh, you never know. Actually, what comes to mind, Shinzo Abe. Oh, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Um, but the thing is about Shinzo Abe is after his assassination, his popularity went up and then went down when the story about why he was assassinated I think came out. memes I, I think if you're somehow like m- like memetified you maintain a bit of your prestige but unfortunately all the iconomancy shit ends up being coached in those terms so like a lot of the iconomancy channels yeah are for Shinzo Abe have kind of a pornomantic quality to them <laughs> that's about, true like, getting people to fuck that's true it's about the prestige yeah it's about the the fact it, it's such an unusual occurrence for like a beloved like politician to get killed no, and then what happened there is still so wild to me it's wild it's like he gets killed and everyone like like the motive is so out of left field that everyone looks into it. it's like oh wow no they're, they're, this guy had a, this guy who killed him had a point um all this fucking uh Oh, this cult shit's pretty fucked up why did you kill the president because my mother was left like penniless because of these fuckers and everyone's like oh shit he did it for his mother for his mother (laughs) again like it turned like it turns out just fucking kill like killing people is a great way to lower public opinion of them as long as the motives for the murder have do not fit into like existing culture war fights in any way they create a new one. Uh, yeah. 
that that's that's it's better than the better than a killer with a heart of gold. The assassin with the sympathetic backstory. Yeah. We got a lot of those folks in this uh, in this house right now, don't we? We do, we do. Um, oh God, wait! I hear something. I hear another Australian accent out there. Oh no! It could only be one person other than me in here. We gotta get out of here before Rupert Rump runs in. Oh fuck! All right. I wish I was Lance Reddick! 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 I wish I was Lance